in a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! You know what time it is. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic. birthday my friend oh thank you how was it big old it was fantastic big old uh how the hell old are we now what are you 27? it is my sixth it's my sixth annual 21st birthday nice bro sixth yeah. annual 21st birthday congratulations that's incredible i'll let everyone else do the math um <laughs> no it was a good time uh had spent the evening with uh with my folks and my brother and my and my sister-in-law and my beautiful niece and uh, it was a, had dinner with them and my lovely grandmother as well so it was a good relaxing evening with the family nice bro well that's good to hear that's good to hear yeah well we're excited well we're excited to be here today and talk about what we have to talk about because uh sports are here and things are happening and as much as the NBA and the MLB have been fun to watch, we're also only a few weeks away from the start of the NFL season. And so oh, it, is, yeah, uh, baby. it is that time of year to get excited about that. Uh, schedule our fantasy draft, by the way. We need to schedule that shit because we're not that far off. All right, I'm catching the drift. I'll, and, I'll get that schedule. Yeah, and uh, we uh, we have to do a little our little NFL preview. So just as we did previous this year in May, as we do every May, playoffpredictors.com, we week by week pick winners uh, all the way to the Super Bowl. And that's what we're going to go over today, uh, team by team, division by division, uh, as well as talk about what's going on in the world of sports, the world of live sports, Mitch, that we actually have. That's right. It feels like almost, almost normal, almost normal <laughs> for if you close your eyes and you forget for a second where you're at, it almost feels like real life. It, it <laughs> almost does. Almost. We're so close folks, but uh, no, I, I mean, we're, we're back into full swing sports here and we got, we got playoffs coming up uh, regular seasons getting into the, uh, the, you know, the shortened dog days of the regular season for baseball football's coming up. Um, I, it's a good time to be alive, my friend. It's it a is. Good time. It is good, Mitch. It is a good time to be alive and how That's blessed right. we are that we even get to witness live sports, you know, that we even With have everything this... else going on in the world. Oh, a hundred percent. And we're blessed. It's a good day to be alive. And I know that for quite a while I felt, and I'm sure that uh, others felt the same way that, you know, it seemed like we were never going to get <laughs> life back and we were never going to be able to see sports. And uh, it's just I just feel grateful that I get to turn on the TV and, and even watch anything. In fact, Friday night, I'm sitting there watching uh, Utah high school football on on uh, on KSL. And I'm watching high school football live and thinking to myself, this is great. 
I never would have watched. Thing. I never would have watched that any other year, but because there's nothing, I've opened my mind, and it, it was a great time. I, I I had a great time, and uh, you know, we're blessed here in Utah to have high school football going on, and know a lot of states aren't or pushed it to the spring, and uh, you know, I just I just want to remind uh, everyone that we should just remember to be grateful during this time. It is confusing. It is stressful. It's it it, it can be filled with anxiety uh, about the current climate that we in, but. But we are blessed uh, to have what we have and to, and and you and I here to be able to even talk about live sports going on after so many months without it is uh, is truly a beautiful thing. Oh, it's just it's awesome. And, you know, th- this is something that you and I, I mean, this is one of our passions is sports. And and uh, we're very like you said, we're very blessed. And I know I can I think I could speak for you as well when we say we're both extremely thankful that we're uh able to continue to do this and to get back at doing this uh now that things have started to restart and everything so yeah exactly no doubt no doubt we appreciate uh all of you sitting here listening and uh joining us in this conversation it's a good time so uh mitch let us let's just jump right into this uh let's start in the nba we're recording this on the 15th of august today this afternoon we had the play-in game for the NBA playoffs, eight seed Portland against nine seed Memphis. Portland gets the win, locks themselves into the playoffs, and uh, the bubble is official. Well, the bubble isn't over, but the play-in is over. We are officially on to the playoffs starting on Monday. And uh, before we move on to the matchups that we will be seeing in the first round, we do want to look back at the bubble because the NBA oddly enough, decided to do awards for the eight play-in games, which I am absolutely on board with. Uh, And today they released uh, the winners on that. Yes, they did. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't know that was a lead-in. Yeah, no, they absolutely announced the awards. Uh, Let's go to the big one, the MVP, Dame Lillard. Um, Guy was absolutely incredible over this eight-game stretch. 37.6 37.6 points per game, 9.6 assists per game on a slash line of 497, 436, and 888. I mean, this guy shot the lights out for these first four games, or these last eight games, excuse me. Yeah, no doubt. And in fact, those last three games, he had, I think, 153 points in three Jeez. games. I mean, in, it was incredible what he did, uh, you know, towards the, the end of these play-in games to put Portland in a position to be uh, where they were today and only have to win one game to move on. And, and they will move on, and they'll face the Lakers in the first round. And, you know, uh, this was the team that I predicted would be the eight seed uh, out of the West. I thought Portland, considering that they'd been to the Western Conference Finals the year previous, because of Damian Lillard and his superstar talent and ability that he would will this team into a position uh, to be in the playoffs. And sure enough, they did, Uh, you know, as well with big contributions from CJ McCollum, Gary Trent Jr. uh, And the health and the return of Zach Collins and Yusuf Nurkic, uh, they were able to make a run at it and uh, they're going to be in the playoffs and shout out to Dame Lillard for an incredible performance uh, game in and game out during the play in games. Uh, and well-deserving of the MVP of the bubble. And uh, I hope he gets a trophy for that, Mitch. Like, they need to he give better. him, a, a, like, a physical award for that. I think they should give him just, like, a model of the uh, Bikini Bottom bubble that SpongeBob and his <laughs> band played in. I like that. And this should just be SpongeBob 
in the. I think that's the that should be the trophy. I like it. I like it. Or you do something like it, Disney themed, like uh, you know Mickey Mickey Mouse ears on the on the on the little trophy. You're like, oh, I'm so stupid. Yes, of course you know. it's got to be Disney themed, right? It's yeah, got to I mean, be. It has to be Mickey Mouse stretching out for a dunk from the free throw line with his tongue hanging it's out. It's MJ, it's but they just George... superimposed Mickey Mouse's face. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I love it. And it's just a bronzed, superimposed Mickey Mouse. Right, with the That's Mickey Mouse says. ears and, like, the Disney trademark but on the side. it has to have the tongue. <laughs> it has to have the tongue hanging out. Just, ah. You know, because we're both in agreement here that the, M- the NBA has not done enough Disney promo and enough Disney oh. involvement into the bubble. It's too much not basketball, not enough entertainment for me. <laughs> so... I like, I wanted to see a Disney mascot dunk contest. Right, that seriously though, halftime like, entertainment. Give them, give them Come a, on, I mean, give them the little trampoline thing, <laughs> and like stick Dame Lillard in a Mickey Mouse costume and just have him do some like ah, like some <laughs> nasty stuff. Come on, be cool. I agree. Have him do some nasty dunks and it'd be awesome. Missed opportunity for the NBA, who is generally on top of this sort of things. Just, just could, you know, just another added element. <laughs> but, but hey, but hey, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Hopefully, Dame Lillard gets a, a trophy for his MVP, and they also announced first and second team all seeding game teams. Uh, oh, before before we move on from that, just quick oh, shout yeah. out Devin Devin Booker and TJ Warren also playing incredibly well yes uh, during the 100% and they both they were second and third respectively in that MVP voting well and Booker you definitely had a conversation especially considering the Suns went 8-0 in the entire bubble TJ Warren for the probably the first five games seemed like the MVP because he was playing out of his mind slowed down a little at the end and then obviously Dame scoring over 53 straight games that'll you know that'll wrap that up for you uh but both both were incredible uh, and both, uh, in fact, all three of those guys ended up on the first team for the all-seeding games. Damian Lillard, Devin Booker, TJ Warren, as well as Luka Doncic and James Harden. On the second team, you had Giannis, Kawhi, Porzingis, Michael Porter Jr., who was an emerging star for Denver during these eight games, and Karis LeVert from the Brooklyn Nets. Mm. So shout out yeah, to all the- those guys. Yeah, you don't see Karis Levert's name on first and second teams all that often. So probably never. If ever. So probably never. So good for him. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, Michael Porter. Shout out Michael Porter too. This this guy played extremely well in those eight games. No, he was incredible. Uh, very, very much deserving of that second team selection. So yeah, and Michael Porter is so funny. If it, for those who don't know, he was are not familiar with him that much. He was the number one high school player coming into college, chose Missouri. Uh, He was from Washington State, was going to play at UW. His dad was a coach there, but his dad ended up going to Missouri. He goes to Missouri, gets injured, plays, I think, like four, six games, and then goes to the NBA. He dropped. He would have probably been the number one, if not a top three pick, uh, but fell to the teens. I think he was 12 or 13 overall, and he finally got drafted because of the injury and because – you're basically just drafting him on that high school tape, uh, and he and he's you know taking it slow, and the and the Nuggets have taken it slow with him, but he is showing in the bubble at health that he is an incredible young player, and the Nuggets have to be feeling really good about Jokic and him, and maybe that's the new future pairing, not Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic as it maybe seemed before that. I mean, that's still, I mean, Jokic and Murray is still a 
outstanding pairing, but you know, yeah, maybe it is the Michael Michael you know, Michael Porter Jr. is going to be that that next big star that they have. I mean, he's he's a fantastic player. A lot of people forget, even in those few games that he did play at Missouri, I'm pretty sure he balled out. Oh yes, no, he was. So <laughs> he was, I think he, he played good. like out of his mind in those like four or five games he actually did play in college. Um, so, but like you said, limited sample size, and for the guy to, to coming out of college to go to the NBA with a limited sample size in college, really his high school tapes to go off of, and then now be a, a second team selection here in this in this NBA restart. Really incredible job by by a young man that just balls out. Yeah, no doubt. And before we wrap this, also want to mention Monty Williams, the Phoenix Suns head coach, named coach of the seeding games. No surprise when you go eight and zero and nobody else. <laughs> goes winless through those games uh and, and and even more so too for phoenix who was a team that had i think like a three percent chance of making the playoffs uh they were ranked into the seeding games they were ranked 21st out of the 22 teams that came in yeah and they just missed out on uh, by half game by a half game yep. getting into the eight seed yeah no doubt and uh incredible by phoenix and if you're the fan base you've got to feel uh, extremely optimistic about what the future could hold for this team. And, and this is what the bubble, this is what these, the, the addition of these six extra teams could do, you know, for some of these young teams, you look at the Kings, the Pelicans, the Suns, the Grizzlies, you know, all these teams are younger teams relying on younger, you know, emerging stars to really, you know, do something and make a name for themselves and show, you know, the potential that they had. And certain teams floundered, you know, like the Pelicans, you know, feel like the hype was all on the Pelicans and and they really didn't put themselves in an opportunity uh, to snag a playoff spot. But the Suns did. And now as a fan base and as an organization, you're moving into next season with a ton of momentum. Meanwhile, the New Orleans Pelicans just fired Alvin Gentry and it feels like, this could have been a really good moment for Met for New Orleans, and they squandered that. And the team like Phoenix uh, has, you know, taken full advantage of the opportunity. Well, you you know, you look at these these young teams like the Suns and the Kings that you mentioned, teams with a lot of talent, just not a whole lot of experience. Those are teams that played well, and and really, I would look at these eight games as almost like a round robin style tournament to figure out who's actually going to make the dance. And these teams actually played pretty well. And like you were saying, a big you know, the confidence-boosting thing. Um, these teams could come into next year. It's, it's going to be a, a fairly short offseason when it's all said and done. These teams could come into next year with a whole ton of confidence, a brand-new life, because they played well in this bubble with the best teams in the NBA. They didn't have to worry about the guys behind them. They always had to play up. And so this could be a, a big Big momentum changer for teams like the Suns and the Kings with a ton of young talent uh, going into next year. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, uh, you know, shout out to the Suns for taking advantage of that opportunity. Devin Booker balling out. But guys like DeAndre Ayton played really well. And a lot of their sort of core pieces, Mikhail Bridges, uh, among others, played, you know, pretty well and was part of the reason why they won all eight games. Now, it does help that there were many teams resting starters or actively trying to lose like the Utah Jazz to get into a more favorable matchup in the first round. And you do have to take that into consideration, but ultimately they went out there and they won eight games and nobody else did that. So congrats to Monty Williams and the Phoenix Suns. It sucks that they weren't in. Uh, in fact, I, I, I enjoyed this. I saw the, uh, the ringer advocating 
for Phoenix to have a shot at a play-in game against the Orlando Magic, the East 8 seed, and say, don't be a coward. Let them play Orlando and see if they can win two games and, and get in as the 8 seed in the East. I, I'm like, why not, man? They, If anybody deserved it, it was them. I mean, I... I'd honestly take the Suns in oh, that 100%. matchup. I mean, coming up on coming in on the high that they're on right now, rolling, uh, yeah. And the Magic, not that great of a team, so I'd I'd take the Suns there. I'd like to see that. I mean, yeah, that would have been it's fun. Not gonna happen. Yeah, that. But see the Suns just play in the eastern in the eastern side of the bracket for the playoffs. Right, man. You got to be you got to be a little bit frightened, right? If you're like the one seed in the oh, east, if you're the, the Bucks, you're red pissed. hot. You're like the red, this we, red hot Western Conference team coming in. We should have had the like, magic, Shit! and you gave us the ten and O Phoenix Suns. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, uh, if I was Giannis, I'd headbutt another guy. I just, <laughs> I mean, I might. I headbutt headbutting everyone. Just poof, get that shit out of here. No, it's, I, uh, I'm out, guys. Pow, pow, start. Bopping dudes in the head. Oh, man. The bubble has been great, Mitch, and we just get to continue it with even better basketball now that we're into the playoffs. And let's begin in the East. Let's 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 start with that 1-8 matchup that you just mentioned. The Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Orlando Magic. This, Mitch, is just a no-brainer. It's a sweep. It's going to be a sweep. Get the brooms. Call the Magic. Say, you're going home. But you're not because you're already in Orlando, so you're just leaving the premises. But it's over. It's a wrap. It's done. It's it is what it is. It is what it is. Like the it ma- is what it is. <laughs> like, that's it. I don't. I don't know what else we have to say about this matchup. I mean, I think you could say that for the first two matchups, the one eight and the two seven. Okay, well, well mean, then let's do that because the two seven is two Raptors, seven Nets, and the Nets are extremely undermanned. Uh, limping into this with limited players. Karis LeVert had a, obviously a great bubble is really almost the only legitimate, you know, scoring threat other than like a Joe Harris who can't get buckets on his own. Uh, they have no shot either. I a hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. I mean, the, the, this, the one and two seats here, the bucks and the Raptors should just breeze through this. I mean, if they're, if they lose a game, it's, Based off of I don't know resting dudes, I, that's the only way I could see it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean you're it, up three zero, and then maybe Giannis gets twenty five rest- minutes or something. I you know, yeah, that's that's the only exception that I could see. But yeah, they, these should be sweeps uh, without question. All right, well then let's move to the three six matchup. So we have the three seed Boston Celtics forty eight wins against the six seed Philadelphia seventy sixers forty three wins. Now, if you haven't been paying attention, the Sixers have had some injury issues. Ben Simmons is out. He's not playing. So it is Joel Embiid, uh, who has struggled with his own injuries throughout this, but seems healthy enough to play in this series. It's going to be Joel Embiid with Al Horford, Tobias Harris, uh, Jason, not Jason Richardson, yeah, Jason, or Josh Richardson. Josh, they, I was like, Jason Richardson was like a Golden State Warriors it was a Golden, back yeah, in the day. Slam right? dunk contest. Yeah, yeah like yeah, not yeah. that guy. Yeah, Josh Richardson, thank you. Uh, and the rest of that screw. Like, and so I I know that we talked about the first two as sweeps. I don't see this one quite as much, but I would be surprised if this series got to six games, Mitch. I'm going to be honest. In favor of Boston? In favor of Boston. Yeah, I'm I'm in the I'm in the same, but I think going into the bubble, I would be 
if I were Boston, I would be a little bit worried about seeing Philly in a 3-6 matchup. But like you said, with Ben Simmons out and and really that leader of that offense, that catalyst with without him there, they just they don't have that that spark to get things going offensively. They struggled on defense. Um and and really Boston's coming in healthy. They're coming in with their their starting five completely healthy. It it's gonna be tough for I think Philly to take it six. I think six max. Yeah. Boston might get a four two win. Um, but it's yeah, it's going to be tough to get it to six, I think, for Philly. Yeah, the Ben Simmons thing, that's just a big piece to be missing. And I've heard the argument, too, that this, uh, I mean, and and whether they win or lose, this is an opportunity to see what life could be like without Ben Simmons. If you surrounded right. Joel and B with a different sort of offense, a different sort of flow, maybe it unlocks something in this team that they're not seeing now. Because eventually, and I, I, you know, if you listen to national you know, writers and people that cover the NBA, you've probably heard this, you know, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are not the perfect fit together. And at some point, Philly may have to decide which one of those guys they build a future team around. Because I think there's a right. clear ceiling in what those two can give you. And we saw that last year, essentially, in my opinion. That, you know, maybe an Eastern Conference Finals, but it's not a Finals team with those two. You've got to do something different. So maybe this is an opportunity to Philly for Philadelphia to see what life would be like with an Embiid-centric offense and team, and maybe that persuades you to move on from Ben Simmons and trade him for pieces that fit around that embed Embiid-centric uh, team. So this could be, even, even in a loss in the playoffs, in the series, this might be beneficial for Philly in the long run or maybe it goes bad and they realize, you know what? No, we actually, Ben Simmons is the guy we need to move around. Let's see if we can move on from Joel Embiid. So this could be interesting. This is an interesting time for Philly and important things that they can take out of this series, win or lose. Definitely. Absolutely. I mean, but really, let's talk about the, probably the most intriguing matchup. It's going to be that 4-5 or five match, that four or five matchup. 100%. Of Pacers. Four seed Pacers, five seed Heat. This is going to be the best matchup in the first round. Um, let's be honest. We both liked the Heat coming back into the bubble. We when we talked about you know playoff teams, surprise teams, yeah. who, we, who do we like going forward? We both mentioned the Heat, um, and they didn't disappoint during the bubble. This offense was fantastic. They're in this bubble. Now, they, they did lose some tight ones, but they didn't ever get blown out. I think their biggest loss actually was 20 point, or uh, was what 14 points to the Bucks. That's understandable. I mean, the Bucks are just head and shoulders on another level team. That's understandable. But they just played the Pacers, was it last Monday, or on Monday, excuse me. They, and they... They blew them out. They beat them by 22. Well, they played so, them twice, and then they also played them on Friday. They also oh, and they they played lost, them yesterday. They lost yeah. to the Pacers on Friday. Right. But, I mean, this was a this is a team that is super sound offensively. I like what Eric Spolster is doing with this team. This is a this is a heat and seven for me. Heat and seven. Yeah, I'm going to go exactly with that as well, Mitch. Heat and seven. And I think the Pacers, uh, you know, they did – earn the four seed a win on Friday put them at the four seed and yeah it doesn't really matter there's no home or road 
Uh, they knew they were playing each other either way. But I think it's symbolic, and I think it shows that Indiana has unlocked something in this NBA bubble, and that's T.J. Warren, who has come out on a whole other level and really unlocked for them offensively something that didn't exist before. And when you consider some of the injuries and maybe the slowness of an Oladipo who missed a lot of time but is playing right now, to be able to not have to shoulder all of that load and give some of that and, and, and have TJ Warren take on more of that role, I, that's another added piece to be considered here. And I still think Miami's the better team, and I think they will prevail. But I would not be surprised if Indiana won in six or seven games. I mean, this is a very talented team that is different than the team we knew pre-bubble because of the emergence of TJ Warren. So this is this is one of, if not the best series that we're going to see in both the East and the West. Uh, it's an incredible matchup uh, at four and five, and I think we're in for some really good basketball. Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, it's, I, this probably, I think in my mind, is the best matchup uh, in both brackets. Um, Pacers have the depth, but man, the – the Heat are just they're they're such a tough team. Yeah, they're, they're one they're of the tougher five solid. seeds. One of the tougher five seeds that I can remember. No doubt. I mean, there's not a whole lot of five seeds that really come in tough. They they kind of, I think traditionally the five seeds kind of had the easy schedule or or maybe went on a big run, but maybe haven't had solid seasons. And the Heat are actually a really tough team. So, um, but like to to your point, I I could totally see the Pacers winning this in six or seven, but. Miami's tough, man. Yeah, Miami's Mi tough. Miami is real tough, and, and we're in for a treat there. So uh, let's move over to the Western Conference, Mitch, and start with the 1-8 matchup. It is the Los Angeles Lakers and the Portland Trail Blazers. And I understand that the Blazers are a tough matchup, and this is not going to be a cakewalk. They're not. This is not Bucks magic. Okay, unfortunately, the Lakers are going to have to fight <laughs> to win their first round matchup, unlike the top couple seeds in the East. But I, I am not worried about the Lakers losing this series. I know people have put it out there. They're like, what? But what about Portland? Who's going to stop Dame Lillard? I don't know, man. And I get it. Listen, the Lakers don't really have anyone to guard Dame Lillard. They also basically no team does. But, but that aside... Some of their defensive players, especially a guy like Avery Bradley, who was their lockdown defender at the guard position, is not here in the bubble. And it's going to take a concerted effort from guys like Caruso, KCP, Deion Waiters to really try to disrupt McCollum and Lillard. But ultimately, they, the Portland Trailblazers have nobody to stop LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And no matter how you shake it, there is no pairing in the NBA that is better than Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And so I'm going to take that 100% of the time, and the Lakers are going to win this series. I'm going to say six games. That's out of respect for Dame Lillard. I'm going to say six games, Lakers win. Yeah, I think six is, I think six is fair. Six is fair. Uh, Lakers didn't play all that well during it. it was three and, they were three and five in the bubble, but... Look, uh, we, we talked about this on night one of the restart. Uh, this is, for these top seed teams, this is their chance to shake the rust off and work out some issues that they got, shake the cobwebs off, and get back in a roll. Um, I, I think the Lakers, uh, they they shook some cobwebs up. They found out what's, what's going to work, what's not going to work. And like you said, who's going to stop LeBron and AD? Nobody. They're, nobody. 
So, I mean, I think six is is would be a re- very respectable defeat for the Trailblazers, but they're they're not getting the win here. Yeah, I, I'm 100. percent I like like I said, I I believe that, and and you're absolutely right. And the thing with some of these top teams, you look at the Lakers, and I think of the Jazz as well. They were more, you could tell they were more focused on one shaking the rust off, but two figuring out what depth what depth pieces they had they could rely on come playoff time. Because a team like the Lakers doesn't have a ton of depth. So they needed to know what guys they were going to be able to rely on. So you see guys like Kuzma hit game-winning shots and come up big, and you, and now the Lakers are saying, you know what? Okay, now we now we have some trust in you. You've seen guys like Caruso play well, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee play well. You're like, okay, we can rely on you. That was more important for the Lakers, who had already locked up the one seed no matter what happened in the eight playing playing games they were already the one they didn't need to worry about winning games Portland had to win a lot to be here and 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 the Lakers didn't and so the records the way they looked I'm I'm discounting all of that this is playoff time and playoff LeBron is a whole nother level and playoff LeBron with Anthony Davis is going to be extremely fun to watch oh definitely so yeah all right, let's move to 2-7 here, Mitch. We have the Clippers at the 2C taking on the Mavericks at the 7. And, wow, this is a tough draw for the Clippers. Like, the Mavericks are not to be trifled with. This is a very talented team. How do you see this series shaking out? Luka's going to take control of at least two of these games. I can feel it. He's going to take control of at least two of these games. Now, doing that, I give two wins to the Mavs. One toss-up game in the middle. I see this going seven. Oh, I'm going to give the okay. edge to the Clippers. I think you could throw one toss-up game in the middle. I think Luca takes control of these two ga- two of those games. Played fantastic in the bubble. I think he goes. I think he balls out in two of those and absolutely controls the narrative of the game in two of those games. I take. I give the edge to the Clips, but I think it goes seven. I like it, Mitch. I'm going to go Clippers in six, but I, I'm with you. I mean, this is not an easy out for the Clippers, and they're obviously they're a better team, more talented up front, uh, better uh, you know as far as depth goes, but uh, the way that Luka and Porzingis played, I mean, Porzingis was second team all seeding games, Luka first, so both those guys balled out. I mean, them getting their footing is going to be a tough task for for the Clippers, and this, again, Unlike the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference, these top two seeds are going to have to fight in the first round to stay alive. They sleep for a couple games. They might lose the whole damn series. So they can't they, come, they can't come out sleepy. They got to come out hard and strong to start uh, to, to be able to, to, to win these series. But I, I respect the seven games. I, I would not sleep on the Mavericks here. Uh, but ultimately, Clippers get the win. But a tough series. I think we're both on the same page there. I see Luca and Kristaps play together. And instantly, because this is the era I grew up into, I grew up watching, I think of Steven Dirk. Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't I mean, help the, the, it, it you instantly, know, the Mavericks thing. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it's uncanny. It's uncanny. I, I instantly go to that. And I'm like, where Steve was a scoring point guard, Kristaps, a big man that could shoot the ball a little bit. Uh, they play extremely well together. That's a, instantly where my mind goes, and I'm excited about this Mavericks team. Like you said, though, the Clips, much better depth. Um, 
I mean, got the star power up front, led by Kawhi Leonard. Um, but do not be surprised if Dallas makes this a very, very tough series for the Clippers. Yeah, hundred percent. And and the Mavericks won forty three games this year, and the Clippers won forty nine. So no pushover. I mean, you, yeah. you know, I say, yeah, it's, it, we're not talking about the Brooklyn Nets seven seed who won thirty five games. I mean, like this was a, you know, this was a good team. Uh, this is not an easy seven seed. That's how good the West is. Uh, at least for sure, seven through. Uh, through one and and obviously with Portland getting in, but uh, yeah, tough matchup for the Clippers and, and and an exciting team, a team that, you know, with a, with a six or seven game series against the Clippers to start, we're going to look at next year as a team that should win home court advantage in the playoffs. You know, there should be a top four seed. Uh, and, and I, I would, I expect a competitive good series from Dallas. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. All right, let's uh, let's go to three six here. We have the Nuggets, the three seed, and the Jazz, the six seed. Jazz started off as the four uh, going into the bubble, uh, and ended up at the six. And Mitch uh, and any of the listeners who didn't know, this was the this was the plan for the Jazz. The Jazz wanted to avoid the four five matchup. They wanted to one avoid the Houston Rockets, who have outed them the two previous years in the playoffs. So they didn't want to play Houston. They already lost twice to Houston. We're not doing that. It's also a horrible matchup for the Jazz, considering uh, Houston's ability to go small and the fact that the Jazz have to play Gobert. It just is a really bad matchup for them. So they wanted to avoid Houston and ideally OKC for kind of the same reason, that three-guard matchup, not a good you know matchup for the Jazz. But the Nuggets, Nikola Jokic, they've been competitive against this team. And, and, and Denver's won all three games in this season against the Jazz. But Gobert traditionally has played very well against Jokic. And you look on paper and you say Murray, Jokic, Mitchell, Gobert. I mean, that's pretty even. That's a pretty even split there. And so you're looking at whose bench and whose three through seven is going to be better. And I think the Jazz feel like they have a better shot against Denver than they did these other teams. And I think this is going to be a very competitive uh, series. I'm going to be the homer and I'm going to take the Jazz in seven. But I would be shocked if it didn't go to at least six games. And I think the Jazz legitimately have a shot uh, to win this series uh, on the back of Donovan Mitchell. I think Donovan can have a huge series more than anybody else can on this between these two teams uh, and win it for the for Utah. I mean, I want to be Team Bull Bull. I want to. He is great. He's he great. Is great. But we talked about this before this thing even started, how deep the Utah Jazz roster actually is. And, look, they just played each other. They just played each other, what, last Saturday? Went to OT, Jazz lose by two. It was a tight game. But I don't think that's indicative of how this series is going to go for the Jazz. I think the Jazz pull this out in a very similar fashion to what you just talked about in seven. Um, Six seed over three seed. I like the Jazz, and like you said, be shocked if this didn't get to six at least. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, I mean, and this is going to be fun. I mean, you look at guys that have had a good bubble. Jordan Clarkson has really stepped up off the bench for the Jazz. He's going to be—they're going to rely on him heavily uh, to lead that second unit. And for the and for the Nuggets, you know, we talked about MPJ, Michael Porter Jr. making a, uh, the second team, right? Uh, he was incredible, an emergence for him. 
in this series. And so I think about those types of players are going to be ones that make the difference. How does Mike Conley play, right? How, how big of an impact does he have? You know, what, what does MPJ look like in his first playoff series? Do they have a guy like Gary Harris or Will Barton to step up and be a solid option? Like that's going to be who did what determines the winner of this series. And uh, we're both going Utah, but this is going to be another fun one. I mean, we just talked about Miami, Indiana as the best, or in my opinion, the best matchup in the playoffs. This is one of those ones probably right up there at second with them. Um, Let me ask you this, though. Over or under two overtime games in this series? Uh, I'm going to go push. I think two overtime games seems just about right for teams that uh, continually are competitive and play really tough against each other. You're absolutely right. Overtime basketball. I, yeah. yeah. I think if there's a number, and it, it, let's say the line's at two, I think I might take the over yeah. and say three. I mean, <laughs> double this, these overtimes teams... count as two overtimes or one overtime game. See, that, that's, you know, that's the question. That's, that's what I got to know. <laughs> that's the question. I think it still counts only as one, but, right. man, I'm taking the over. I'm taking the – these teams play each other tough. So, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I got to take the over as, as far as, you know, if the line's at two. For, right. For overtime games. No doubt. And 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 this will be the first playoff game. We do see tip-off uh, 10.30 a.m. Pacific time, 1.30 Eastern time on Monday the 17th. That's the first of four playoff games every single day. Holy cow, Mitch. This is an NBA fan's dream. This is what I've You're always happy. wanted. You're a happy guy right now, aren't you? I am elated. So uh, let's let's talk about this last matchup here. The four five in the West is just as good as the four five in the East. It is the four seed Houston Rockets and the five seed Oklahoma City Thunder. And boy, the narratives in this one. I mean, you've got Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook switching teams. And here they are in the first round. The Thunder weren't expected to be anywhere close to here. And sure enough, here they are showing up in the playoffs. I mean, it is just this is this is incredible. This is an incredible matchup. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go Houston in seven, but I'm gonna be honest, Mitch. I have no idea what's gonna happen. I I would I would I would I could expect anything. This is gonna be great. I am I am pretty much on the same boat as you. As like I don't know what's gonna happen, but I feel like as someone who comments on sports news and stories, I have to make a pick. I feel obligated to make a pick, and purely based. Off James Harden's stupid beard because I hate him. I'm taking the thunder. Wow, I love I'm it. I'm taking the thunder. And I James Harden's beard will get in his way at some point in this series. I love it. I, lo- I love this. It'll cake. it'll flip up in front of his eyes. I don't think it's, it'll, that, don't think it'll, it's that long. It'll nick the ball <laughs> ooh, as he's coming ooh, that, up for okay. a game-winning three. Oh. And it, it'll, something will happen with that stupid beard, and he's going to have to shave. He's going to have to shave. I mean, wow. dude, he doesn't even keep it looking good. I mean, his mouth is gone. His mouth disappears. It's, it's just in a when he forest. closes his mouth. It's just his. It's just a sh- vibrating, shaking beard when he talks. That's all I see. <laughs> I love this. I cake. hate his beard. Picking the thunder in seven because of James Harden's beard. I love it, Mitch. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes, that's fantastic. Well, that's the NBA but restart. That's- for you guys. But that's also testament to we don't really know what's going to happen this series. It's, no, it's awesome. No, it's an incredible matchup. It's an incredible competitive matchup and I'm just ready to watch this one. 
Uh, it, 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 the the narr- You just have so many fun matchups. Jazz Nuggets, that's classic. These teams are rivals. They fe- they look at each other like that. They compete hard. It's going to be great. Indiana, Miami, same idea. Thunder, Rockets, same idea. I mean, Boston, Philly. Like, I mean, we just have incredible matchups all across the board. Uh and and it's I'm just ready for the bubble has been so much fun and the basketball has been great and I'm just ready to see the bubble atmosphere in a playoff game. I think it's going to be fantastic. Mm. Oh yeah. So, all right. Any uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Any other thoughts on the NBA before we move on? Uh, I think I'm good, man. I think I'm good. All right. All right, Mitch, let's uh, let's hit on a little bit of MLB news. Not Ooh. news, but just, I guess, you know, we're about a third of the way through this uh, MLB season. About 20 games of the 60 have been played by most teams. I'm looking at you, St. Louis, who've played five, six right. total games. Uh, but, you know, we're kind of getting a taste of who's hot, who's not, you know, who's floundering, who's playing extremely well. I just wanted to get your general thoughts, maybe a handful of uh, takeaways from what you've seen in this first third of the MLB season, uh, and maybe what you expect to see over uh, the remainder. Well, I'm finding out that uh, Houston plays a lot better when they're cheating. (laughs) Um, yes. they're nine and 10. They're nine and 10 they're right garbage. now, man. They're third. In the eighth. I hate them. They're trash, dude. They're trash. I mean, there's still 40 games to be played 41 in their case, but this team is not that good when they're cheating with, when they're not cheating. I mean, they have a lot of holes in their lineup. Uh, they have holes in their, in their, in their bullpen. Uh, this team is just not, performing all that well i will say though um my athletics my beloved oakland athletics uh best record oh, playing incredible right now i just want to point that out mashing absolutely mashing right now well actually second best record in baseball I have to give that up to the chicago cubs technically by winning percentage but uh yeah no i i'm enjoying the restart i'm enjoying the restart it's fun to go watch ball games uh I obviously I watch a lot of A's games. Uh, they're doing a really good job at, at making it feel um, li- like a actual home game atmosphere as much as possible. Things are going fantastic. Uh, I like I'm liking the restart so far. Yeah, no, I I have to agree with you. It's been pretty good. Uh, I haven't really noticed any difference to be honest. Uh, I've gotten much used to the way that it is now, and it feels like baseball still. It doesn't feel. It still it does, doesn't yes. feel different. I even noticed that on on opening night, though it was jarring to kind of see no fans and, and and you know have the whole thing. But I'm definitely used to it now after three weeks, and uh, the the quality of the sport has not changed. It's still incredible baseball. Uh, the Dodgers are playing extremely well, as I expected. Uh, but the, you know the surprise teams, I think, is what's been fun. I look at the Chicago Cubs, the team you mentioned, thirteen and five. And listen, it's not that the, it's not that well. the people thought the Cubs were scrubs, but I, I but we expected other teams to kind of be at the top, and uh, nobody else is even over five hundred. I'm not counting St. Louis, by the way. They've played seven games. Okay, can we talk about? I think they can we talk about this, Mitch? Because this is my question. This is my question: is we have sixty six days to play sixty games. So what happens when the Cardinals can only play fifty? Do they still get in the playoffs? 
That's a tough question, man. I'm not sure. And I don't think Major League Baseball thought that out all the way. Um, I saw proposals of seven-inning doubleheaders. Well, that's what the Cardinals played today. That's what they played today was uh, a doubleheader on the 15th today uh, against the White Sox. They won both those games, but both seven-inning games. The Royals and Twins uh, did the same thing today. Yeah. But I, I, I'm not, I, mean, I don't, I don't like that. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't think Dallin, I think in this time right now, you just have to be okay with not liking it because they just have to do like, could they have thought it out better? Absolutely. They could have, but sitting here and saying you could have thought it out better and shame on you does no good. Now we just have to sit here and take it. Right, but what, so my question so, is, and, and this is something, Major League Baseball is assuming that every team's going to be able to play the 60 games. And they haven't said what will happen otherwise. And I have an issue with that. Because I think it's foolish, considering that the, that the freaking Atlanta Braves have played 22 games, and the St. Louis Cardinals have played 7. And somehow they're going to make up all the games to get to 60. But the Major League Baseball has not said you can still get in the playoffs if you played 50. Or it doesn't matter how many play- games you play, it's based on winning percentage. But what if I'm a team that played 10 more games than the Cardinals and we have very similar records, but they have one extra, you know, their per- winning percentage is slightly better and they get in and I don't. I would have, I would be pissed and they would have a legitimate reason to be upset with they the team getting but- in with less games played. So uh, ma- ba- Major just, League Baseball has to address that and, and, and say this but, is what's happening. Sure, they have to say it, but let's just think about this logically. I mean, I don't think there's any sports league in America that would allow the team that had the better winning percentage that played half as many games as another team, let them in the playoffs with the other team. That's just not going to happen. Are we sure? I mean, though? let's just. I mean, like Major League Baseball. I hasn't think said. I would be positive. I would be. I know they haven't said it, but let's just think about this logically. <laughs> I mean, any sane person, any sane person, and this is why if if Rob Manfred does say this, and this is why I've been advocating for be out of the commissioner spot for a long time. If he does say no, it's based off winning percentage they get in. Then he needs to get the boot. It needs to be mutiny. It, he needs to walk the plank. Just get out of here. But I don't think he's that insane to say that, yeah, you played 30 games. You played 60 games. You have the 30-game the thirty game team has a better winning percentage, so they get in over the 60-game team. That just doesn't make right, any sense. Right, but what if it— I know, they haven't, I know they haven't said it, but I don't see that right, happening. But, I just don't see that But what if it's 45 or what if it's 50? Like, I understand, like, half is ridiculous. But what if it's 50 games? Are, like, are we just okay I, with them getting in with 10 less the, games? I think you need to play the entirety because it's I on agree. those teams. I agree. It's on those teams for not taking care but of But Major themselves. League Baseball hasn't said so, that. And, and I don't I, – I know they and, haven't and said issue, it, but you can't bitch about someone not yes, saying I can. something yet. Yes, you I can to, because you have to have a plan in place. This was the whole – this is why baseball took so long to get started in when the first place. When the hell place. has baseball ever had a plan That's the problem. So That's there's the no, problem. So there's That's no, so there's no point about. bitching about it. So there's no point bitching so about it. They've never had a plan in place. baseball sucks at running their own damn league? I just want baseball. That's it. What happens, happens. Quit being a bitch and whining about it. Just enjoy it. I'm sorry. It. I want a well-run league to enjoy as a fan. 
I'm sorry I don't just accept baseball you're as never, an outright you're never gonna get that. a poorly no, run organiza- organization. Manfred. You're never going to get that with Rob Manfred. So get No, used I don't to want to. I'm going to keep complaining because it's stupid. No, if Rob Manfred's there, if Rob Manfred's still going to be there, well, you I don't might like well get used him. I want him out, league. but I can't do anything about that. Me so too. I agree. I 100% agree. There's almost like, I I don't have any more breath for Rob Manfred because I don't I do. like him. He's a garbage can with arms. He's in the pit of misery. I don't know what else to say. Rob Manfred? Yeah, he uh, Yeah, I think you did. I yeah, think you did is. already. Oh yeah, I put him in with Dan Snyder. That's right. Forgot about that. Yeah. Well. No, but to me to me at this point, Dallin, there's it, there's just no point in yelling yeah, about Yeah, all him I and All I'm saying is that I, it's, I it's, hope that they address this now and not at the end of the season where it's like, oh, shit, we didn't figure this out. Well, I guess this team gets in. Like, you, you got to just – you got to be preemptive about this. You got to play it – explain it out now. If that's the case, if you only got to play 45 games to get in, then the, and then everybody needs to know that now and not with a week left in the season, oh, by the way – you're not actually going to get in because you didn't play enough games, which I feel like is what's going to happen. See, but that and that is that is real bad. That is real bad. See, and, and that to me doesn't make any sense. The, the that doesn't make any sense because it's on the individual club to for their players to self-govern themselves. Baseball's always been a self-governing sport. If they're going to self-govern themselves, they have to take care of themselves. And if they can't take care of themselves during the situation that we're in right now, and they don't play sixty games. Because they have to postpone games because guys have been exposed to COVID nineteen, then they're not eligible for the playoffs. That's just what makes I sense. I agree, but and I know you. I know you want guys. I know you want Major League Baseball to say it. I know you just want them to say it because you <laughs> want, want to hear them, them to say it. Sense. So you have. Damn it. So you have no. It's so you have peace of mind, and I understand that. But I don't think you're going to get that from Rob Manfred just because he is a piece of trash. <laughs> All right, let's stop talking about baseball because it just makes me mad that it could be so much better than it is. Um, He's a human pile of dog crap. What can I say? What can I say? He really is. He really is. So that is the baseball update. It has been fun to watch. I'll try not to think about how poorly run the league is and just enjoy the Dodgers winning two out of every three games they play. It's a good time. They're playing well. They really, really are. Mookie Betts, three home run game the other night. Oh, he's great. Seeing him in a Dodgers jersey just brings joy to me. Just joy brings joy to my heart. Uh, he's going to be there for the next thirteen and, years, and we so. will enjoy all thirteen of them, and however many more That's he wants right. to be there. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break here. Plug the socials. You know, do a little housework. We got bills to play. Let's plug the socials here. When we get back, we are going to be doing some NFL preview again. It's not so early anymore. It's on time because the NFL is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. So stick around and we'll be right back. Thank you guys for listening to the Sports Hour today. Be sure, if you haven't already, to follow our socials. You can find us on Twitter at Sports Hour Guys, Instagram at The Sports Hour Guys, and you can like our Facebook page. Be sure to follow those socials, interact with us. We want to hear from you. Now back to the show. Welcome back into the Sports Hour. Thank you so much for listening to us once again. Uh, NFL season is upon us, Dallin. It's yep. upon us. It's here. Almost. 
we got training camp going on hard knocks actually started last week i don't know if you've seen the first episode of it um doing two teams two teams in the same hard knocks because they're doing basically hard knocks los angeles right right um so kind of interesting to see at that aspect of it covering both the chargers and the rams but we're not here to talk about hard knocks today as much as hard knocks is entertaining we're here to talk about a little bit nfl preview now Back in, what was this, May? Mm-hmm. We did our way-too-early NFL predictions. That's kind of our anniversary show that we do every year because that was the first episode we did. Um, but here, this is when we start to get a little bit more serious. We're starting to dial in. We know what teams have. We know how they're starting to shape up and starting to form. We have a better idea of what teams are going to be putting on the field come September. And so we go to our favorite website, for these types of stuff. Playoffpredictors.com. We recommend you guys, if you want to get in on the exercise with us, go to playoffpredictors.com. Uh, no free ads, though. This is not an ad. This is just a plug. <laughs> uh, go on playoffpredictors.com. You can pick every game, weeks 1 through 17, even through the wild card, divisional, conference, and Super Bowl matchups. Get your predictions in. You can play along with us there. Uh, we went there. We picked once again our predictions for the 2020-21 or 2020-2021 season. Years are getting harder to say, Dallin. Yeah, um, well, because when and, you say the 2021 season, you're saying 20-21, but it sounds like the 2021 season. It's very confusing. Well, and it's, it's the three 20s in a row. It's the 2020-2021. It's 2020-2020. Mitch, what are you yeah. talking about? Makes perfect sense. I don't sense. know, man. But that's what we're here to talk about. We've gone through all 17 weeks. We've actually even gone through the entire playoffs. We have our Super Bowl winners in front of us, but we are going to start with our our NFL preview in the AFC North. Dallin, lead us off, my friend. Yeah, well, let's just start at the top and get the obvious out of the way. The Baltimore Ravens are winning this division, Mitch. See, we, yep. we are on board with that. That makes sense. I had them at 13 and three winning the As division handily. If they won less than 12 games, I would be surprised. But this is this is pretty simple. They'll be competing for the top seed in the AFC with uh, the Chiefs and potentially other teams, depending on how you view. And uh, that's that's basically about it. Ravens, one of the best teams in the NFL, plain and simple. Yeah, I mean, in, in my mind, they are the best team in the NFL. That's why they have them at the one seed, winning the division 13-3. So, um, I think, though, this division is going to be tighter, and I know you're down on a certain team in this division. Um, and I want to hear from you. I want to hear more about that from you in just a second. But I actually have the Browns at 10-6 and six in this in this scenario. Um, I think this is a team that added a bunch of talent up front. Uh, I like the Browns. Bengals, I had them at a very surprising eight and eight. Wow. Um, I think I probably missed a couple games there because eight and eight seems really, really high. Um, but you never know what kind of impact a good young rookie quarterback is going to have. And Joe Burrow is one of those guys, a very solid, very talented young quarterback that's going to be in his rookie season with the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll see what he provides there. Um, but let's get to the team that I know you're very low on, and I actually had finishing last in the division at seven and nine. I had the Pittsburgh Steelers there. So, Dallin, give us why? Why are you so low on the Steelers? 
Yeah, well, I mean, first off, at seven and nine, you would also be considered low on the Steelers because people, the I national am. I media, am the national media is talking about the Steelers not only as a playoff team, but I have heard Super Bowl contender for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I, no, and not in no jest, way. in complete seriousness. And I, I get that you look at what was uh, an extremely good defense last year for the Pittsburgh Steelers, a top five defense. And you didn't have Big Ben. You had the worst quarter. You had the 32nd offense in the league. Some of the worst quarterback play between Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges that any team had last quack, year. Quack, 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 quack. And right. you say, well, yeah, the healthy Big Ben, this team every year before the injury was like top 10 offense. Oh, this is going to be like an 11-win team. I don't think it's that simple, Mitch. I'm not convinced that Big Ben is just going to suddenly return and play at uh, Pro Bowl level Big Ben? I'm not. Not at his age. Not with an injury this late in your career. And also consider the fact that what happens if he does get injured? Because the Steelers had an opportunity to fix what happened last year, which was they were an 8-8 eight and eight team with horrible offense. They could have been a playoff team if they had competent quarterback play. And yet they refused to sign a competent quarter backup quarterback in the offseason. A guy like Cam Newton was around for months. And he would have been a perfect backup quarterback in case Big Ben either regressed significantly or had another injury issue. And if you really think you're that good of a team to be a playoff team, you have to have a good backup. That worries me. Coupled with the fact that I don't think Big Ben's just going to suddenly come back to Pro Bowl level Big Ben and number five offense in the league Big Ben, and the defense is surely going to regress because that is what we see year after year. I'm just not that high on the Steelers. Now, I had them at 5-11. and 11. Mm. That's not very good at all. 7-9, and nine, probably more accurate. But, I mean, we're uh, clearly we're not both high on them because we don't have them as Super Bowl contenders. No, no, they're, they're definitely not Super Bowl contenders. I have to agree with your sentiment there that you just can't expect Big Ben to come back and be Big Ben. I mean, he had essentially what was, it wasn't exactly that, but essentially it was Tommy John surgery on his elbow. And you, you just can't expect a guy to come back and and be at that level, especially at his age. Uh, and not only that, the type of abuse that guy has taken over the years. I mean, one of the tougher quarterbacks we've seen in a long time. I mean, Brett Favre status toughness out of Big Ben. But coming off that elbow injury to his throwing arm at his age with pretty much, I mean, his weapons have been depleted. He doesn't have a whole lot to throw to. The offense does not look that solid. for the, Now, granted, the good defense. I mean, the defense is going to be solid. Pittsburgh always has a good defense. If they don't have a good defense, I'm going to be absolutely shocked. But like you were saying, the offense is going to be an issue, and we just can't expect Big Ben to come back and do great things. Um, and at, for a lot of the same reasons that you are, I am also low on the Steelers. So Yeah, and uh, to, to give you the rest, so we both had the Browns in the playoffs. I think we were all just a year early on the Browns. And the Freddie Kitchens thing, I, don't, I, I think – 
people just got too hyped about that. But the Browns are in a much better position with Kevin Stefanski uh, and and more offensive line help, more weapons in general for Baker Mayfield, an improved defense that's young, that's going to have another year under the belt. Uh, I had the Browns at 9-7, and seven, seven seed in the playoffs, making it in. Uh, but I expect nine, nine wins, at least for the Browns, and a, a playoff berth. And I think that's fair. I had the Bengals at five and eleven, rounding out the division. Eight and eight is optimistic, Mitch. This is a horrible defense, and the offense may be good with Burrow, and it may be exciting. But this defense is going to really hold them back. I'd be surprised if they got around five hundred. Uh, if I'm I, being honest. I, yeah, and that was one of the teams that after picking all these games, you know, you're going to wind up with teams that are higher than what you want them to be at, or what you think they're going to be at. The Bengals were one of those teams. Eight and eight's too high. Um, like I said, five and 11, six and 10, probably more realistic. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you pair, you're pairing, uh, it's, honestly, the Bengals wide receiver core looks pretty solid when you have AJ green and Tyler Boyd and T there. Higgins and T Higgins and John Ross. I mean, John Ross oh, is I mean. still, a, I mean, he's still a big, he's still a big play threat though. Sure. I mean, he, he's not he's not a guy that's going to go out and catch six, seven balls a game, but he's a guy that could break off two or three big plays in the game. Um, and so when you have those deep threats there, you have the consist, uh, healthy A.J. Green coming back. You have uh, the breakout of last year of Tyler Boyd coming into his second year of the year off of his breakout year. Um, I, I like the offense and Joe Mixon on the, on the ground. I mean, the offense should be, should be just fine. But like you said, the defense – definitely going to hold them back yeah and I, I think a big back factor too is the return of Jonah Williams the first round pick last year who didn't play at all uh oh, out of yeah. Alabama he was a very uh you know highly touted He's a top draft 10 pick, pick. Uh, yeah exactly and so they didn't have it at all last year he's gonna be back essentially for his rookie season and that made some time to adjust but he was uh he's gonna be a really solid offensive lineman and that surely helps but yeah the defense is in a really bad spot that's why I think we're going to see some really good stuff out of the offense. And you would think with a good draft or maybe a retooling in the offseason with the defense, potentially this team uh, looks better year two at Joe Burrow. But that's what we got for the AFC North. Ravens, Browns, playoff teams, and then Steelers, Bengals, uh, sort of the bottom of that division. Uh, let's move to the AFC South. Mitch, last year, the Texans win this division. The Titans get in as a wild card. I have the Indianapolis Colts winning this division. I have them at 13 and three. Oh, ooh. and I want to know why people are sleeping on the Indianapolis Colts, Mitch. I do not get it. I do not get why I feel like national media and the NFL talking heads are just looking over the fact that the Indianapolis Colts are a very good team adding a veteran quarterback, offensive pieces, defensive pieces like DeForest Buckner emerging young stars on the defensive side of the ball, the offensive line. I mean, this is a team set to win 12 games. I, I don't understand why people are not talking about them at least close to the same breath that we are the Chiefs and the Ravens. Well, I don't, I'm not going to put them in the same category as the Chiefs and the Ravens, though. I'm not either. I'm, not I'm saying, but they, they're the third best team in the AFC to me. And it's not even close. And people are talking about them as like, yeah, the Colts will probably win the division, like 10 wins. I'm not – I'm much higher. And I, this is a team that I'm putting my money behind this year. Indianapolis Colts are going to be good. They're going to have a shot at an AFC championship game. I think this is a dangerous team. 
No, I, I hundred percent agree. I, I, I mean, I have the Colts winning the division. I have them at the four seed, and I have them at eleven and five. But I think that this is a this is a team that is going to. Uh, this is this is a really good team. I mean, we we talked about this. Was it last year or two years ago? The Darius Leonard, the biggest Pro Bowl snub of all time. Yeah, the guy leads the league in tackles, and uh, we're. Uh, I mean, th- this is a great team. They add the vet- they add the veteran piece at quarterback with uh, with Philip Rivers. That was the big question mark. Um, obviously, they were playing uh, pretty much patch it up as best you can after Andrew Luck's uh, unexpected retirement before the beginning of last season. Um, and now we're now we're in a spot where we're talking about the Indianapolis Colts being one of the better teams in the AFC. I do believe that. I don't think they're. I don't think they're far and away the third best team, but I think this is a very good team with a ton of defensive pieces added, a good veteran quarterback that got added. I mean, obviously he's at the end of his career, but uh, he's got weapons to throw to. They just drafted, in my mind, the best running back in the NFL draft last this last draft, but at being Jonathan Taylor, um, probably going to knock Marlon Mack down to third down duties. Um, but I like this Colts team. I have them winning the division at eleven and five. I want yeah. to talk about the Titans a can, little can bit. We, before we move on, I just want to say a couple other things about the Colts. Because again, oh, yeah. what, what I'm what I'm basically about the Colts, how I feel about it, is they're going to be the team that makes the AFC Championship game this year. And we're like, how did we all not see this coming? Because this is a team with a veteran quarterback, great offensive line. You added Jonathan Taylor. They also added Michael Pittman Jr. in the second round. Yes, an, an incredible uh, wide receiver to add. They to added T. those y. two and four picks. They added both those guys in four. Yeah, picks. I mean, I, and then you add, we talked about the defense. They added DeForest Buckner. I mean, this is a team that is. Uh, I don't, uh, Mitch. I'm going to be honest. I don't see many weaknesses. The secondary is the only weak the weakness that I see for the Colts. And other than that, it's pretty solid. And you're talking about a hungry Phillip Rivers who's never been to a Super Bowl that not, is not going to have many opportunities to do it left. This is one of, if not the best opportunities he's ever had. And I think I think with Frank Reich and, and Phillip Rivers, they're going to take full advantage of this opportunity. And it, this is going to be a really tough, competitive team. And I think I think people are just overlooking this because the Ravens and Chiefs are so good. And I get it because they are so good. But I'm just saying don't sleep on the Colts. I expect them to do great things. But playoff team for sure. Do you have – I'm assuming you have another playoff team from this from this division. And if so, who is that? I have the Tennessee Titans at the 5 seed. Okay. At what record? At at 10 and 6. Okay. I 9 had, and 7 yeah. seems more likely. Yeah, I had them 6 but, seed, 9 and 7. But it's 9 and 7, 10 and 6, somewhere around there. I feel pretty good about it. It's so, a swing so, of one game. So yeah. my, essentially more of the same last year because this is they were 9 and 7 last year as well, wild card. Yeah, I mean the big, the big thing is going to be can Derrick Henry repeat? Um, and he's going to have to do that not just over the last five games of the year. He's going to have to – be a, a continuous workhorse for them. Unfortunately, I think over the course of Derrick Henry's career, we're going to see a guy that has a shorter career that was just ran into the ground and had touched the ball 300 times a season. But um, as of right now, he, he is he is the centric piece of that offense um, in a team that does not throw the ball incredibly well. 
Um, and then obviously that defense. The defense is fantastic. Um, that Mike Vrabel uh, led team is going to be uh, a very tough wild card team, I think. So I got the Titans going ten and six, six yeah. and zero in the division too. Wow. I, I, I think. Wow. Yeah, I think I had them beating the Colts both times in the regular season. Well, they would have had to if they got to six and zero in the division. Yeah, because they're not uh, losing to the Texans or Jags. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I like Titans, I think they're a playoff team. Uh, I I have questions about the Henry thing because he was obviously out of his mind to end the season, which is basically what got them to and through the playoffs. But I I, that's just you just not we're not going to see that over the course of a year. So they're not going to point towards regression. Right. Of course. And workload. And you talk about the lifespan of running backs. You mentioned it already. Uh, Tannehill, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be as good as he was last year, probably. But in the end, if the Titans have to rely on Ryan Tannehill to lead them to victories over Derrick Henry, then they're not going to get there. Because I just don't think they're set up to do that. And Ryan Tannehill is not the type of quarterback to do that. They need Henry to be pretty good in order for them to be a good team. And that's what worries me about the Titans is if he gets injured or he regresses, doesn't have the dominance that he had, can they still be a playoff team? Can they win with Ryan Tannehill leading the offense and a a more, you know, pass-heavy attack? That's my question about the Titans. But if the defense remains solid and Henry remains solid, nine or ten wins and uh, a tough playoff out, I think. You know, this is one of those teams that you can make an argument for to be ten and six as well. Because you mean six let's and say, ten, or sorry, six and ten. Right, I did right. this last time we did it. God dang it! Um, to be six and ten as well, because I mean, obviously, we and we just mentioned it—the Derrick Henry regression. I mean, it, it, like we're going to see that in guys like Aaron Jones, who just had eighteen touchdowns last year, right? They're not going to produce the same way that they did back to back years, unless they're once in a generation talent. Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones, both very good running backs, but they're not once in a generational talents, and we're we're bound to see regression from those two. Well, yeah, and and, 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 and when too. it comes down to is the passing game. I mean, you look at guys like Corey Davis, who's in that wide receiver core, a former top five pick that has never panned out. Really, what we're saying at ten and six, now that I think about it is that we're expecting something in that receiving core to supplement Derrick Henry's running ability and is going to ha- that's going to have to step up and if Corey Davis is in that wide receiver core and he's probably I mean might be the most talented guy on that receiver core outside of who is it AJ Brown I think AJ Brown's definitely the guy that's who and, and, and he, they they're going to need a big season out of him if he really is the guy he's going to have to show it this year but but even on one wide receiver you can't count three or four wins on no, one guy like I'm, that. I mean, I'm 100% with you. That's what I'm saying. And that's the issue with the Titans is the thing with Henry, too, is he's never been like a consistent guy. I mean, he's been a flash in the pan. Holy shit. He just had amazing five-game stretch, and the rest of the season was all right. So, like, it's not like he's been this consistent, you know, powerful, no. you know, incredible running back. I mean, the last couple right. of years he's had flash in the pan span of games that have been absolutely incredible and then average throughout the rest of the year. So we cannot expect him to be great throughout the year. You should expect him to be average and then for a period of games be really, really good. And again, that's about what nine wins would get you. So I Titans are interesting. Uh, let's move on to the Texans, though, who I guess we both have missing the playoffs, correct? 
Yeah. So missing the playoffs, yeah. I had the Texans at eight and eight because I still think they're talented. I still think Deshaun Watson is talented. Uh, but ultimately, I have questions about Bill O'Brien and the ultimate team as a whole and their ability to win games. So I ended up at eight and eight. But I believe you were a lot lower. I was. Yeah, I was a lot, lot lower. Um, very similar. And I mean, I guess even harsher than you were with the Steelers. I had them at three and 13. Whoa. Okay. That's um, a lot now, lower. Now it's it's I think that's disrespectful, but you look at the teams that they're playing. <laughs> you you picks the Texans three and thirteen. I think that's disrespectful. I think I was disrespectful towards the Texans. Um, give them two more wins, I guess. I mean, Bill O'Brien's right in this this team. We we talked about this in an earlier pod where, I mean, how many more ga- how, how many games does Bill O'Brien coach and then be out as head coach? I mean. This he's running this organization into the ground, uh, giving up DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, they add David Johnson, which is fine, but he's had injury plagued year. He's 28 years old now. He's not the same guy that he was when he was 25, 26. So really what this this comes down to is, is Deshaun Watson going to be able to carry a team long enough? And that's where the disrespect for three and 13 comes in is, is, yeah, I think Deshaun Watson on by himself can get them to five wins. But man, I just I do not like this team, and I I don't really I can't really pinpoint a reason why other than Bill O'Brien sucks. Yeah, I mean I I get it because I'm kind of in the because they boat still and... have good pieces. Like this right. team has good pieces that to build around. They I, have they've the been a playoff defensive team. player. They've won like 10 games, I think five out of the last six years. Like they've been a consistent playoff team, but I, I feel you the, 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 the inside deep down inside. I want to say they're going to win like six games ultimately ended up at eight. Cause that seemed fair, but missing the playoffs, maybe a seven seed. If they got to eight or nine, uh, depending on how it shakes out. Uh, but I, but I could see the, the scenario that you predicted, but in that scenario, you'd have to see, you know, a Bill O'Brien firing or maybe a Deshaun Watson injury, something drastic where it really just tanks the season and they right. go into lose and get a great draft pick sort of territory. So, uh, which is definitely possible. I, I, I believe that as well. Uh, the Jaguars, we both also had as very bad teams. I had them winning three games. This is a team that's going to be competing for the number one pick and the chance to draft probably Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, as love as much as I love Gardner Minshew, uh, this is just he. This is not a good team. Yeah, I, I had him. At, I had him at two and fourteen. Okay, great. So great. All right, uh, that's the AFC South. Two playoff teams out of the North. Two playoff teams out of the South. Let's move to the East, Mitch. Two playoff teams out of the East. I don't know. Let's start at the top, uh, where I believe we both have for the first time in. I don't know how long. I don't know the exact number, but a team other than the Patriots winning the division. Uh, the Buffalo Bills taking over. Sean McDermott gets the big extension this last week. He's he's going to be in Buffalo for a really long time. Uh, and I have Buffalo winning 11 games, 5-1 and one in the division, and uh, securing uh, the, the division uh, win. We couldn't be more on pay- on. Page, I have them five, eleven and five, and five and one in the division. Um, I do have them at the three seed. Okay, so a little mine bit was the four, but you know, it just depends. Apples on, to oranges. I mean, right, yeah, right. So I so mean, Bills are great. 
I think they could be really sneaky. Depends on how good Josh Allen is. They could be a 13-win team if Josh Allen is really good. That's what I will say. But if even yes. if he's above average like he was last year, then 10-11 wins, totally in their wheelhouse. The division is up for up to up for grabs for them, I believe. Yeah, it's there it's I don't want to say this. It's true. You're, what you're going to say is true. It's their division to lose. It is. It is. I mean, it, it it, that, and that I, I, I wholeheartedly right. believe that. It it's, is. It is. Tom I mean, Brady's gone, and I get the respect for Belichick and the Patriots, and I still think they won't be bad this year. But it is the Bills' division to lose. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, this. Look, I think they're going to have a two-headed monster at running back. I honestly do. Oh, really? I think Devin Singletary is going to be good enough to warrant the first and second down rolls. But I think Zach Moss could break out and be a fantastic yep. addition to that offense. I a hundred percent agree with you, Mitch. Um, I love Zach Moss. I love St- the addition to Stefan of Stefan Diggs to that wide receiver core. Um, you add him into the John Brown equation. Um, Cole Beasley. I, Cole Beasley. Uh, I love, this offense and I, I i can't put the bills any lower than 11 5 if i could i would put them higher like you said 13 and 3 of josh allen's really good uh guy's got a huge arm knows how to use his legs fantastic sean mcdermott led defense um sean mcdermott is the new marv levy in buffalo i think sean mcdermott I think is, is is an all-time hire for the bills what a great hire after a string of you know, what have been subpar coaches for them. And I think they finally found somebody that's created a great culture, a great culture in Buffalo, a culture of winning, of hard work, of success. They've already seen a measure of that. I think this year is going to validate those decisions. And ultimately the ceiling, Sean McDermott and this team will get to the playoffs. The ceiling of this team, it depends on Josh Allen and how good he actually is. And what a great opportunity for the third year quarterback to prove his worth to the team and to the NFL and do great things with this team. It's in their hands. Like you said, it's up. It's the division is up to grabs for up for grabs for them. And they could be a team to make some noise. Uh, they have the pieces in place. It's uh, the ceiling is just going to depend on that quarterback. Yeah, no, it, so. it definitely is. It's going to pin it on him. So. All right. So let's move through the division here. Uh, I did have a second playoff team from this division. I have the new England Patriots making the playoffs at nine and seven. They would technically be the five seed, but I had all the wild card teams at nine and seven, so it must be a tiebreaker thing. I don't know how that works, but Patriots at nine and seven making the making the the playoffs, and uh, this goes to respect for Bill Belichick. And I know in May I was not nearly as high on the Patriots, and I'm going to defend that take because my main concern with the Patriots was that the plan seemed to be starting Jarrett Stidham, and considering I had seen Jarrett Stidham play zero times in the NFL. I was not confident in them picking them to win any games. Uh, Despite the talent on the defensive side of the ball, despite Bill Belichick, I was just not going to pick Jared Stidham to win. But since then, they've added Cam Newton. And Cam has looked pretty good. And good things are coming out of uh, New England about Cam. And with the addition of Cam underneath Bill Belichick, I feel much more confident in this team, knowing what I'm going to get. And I think eight or nine wins is definitely possible for the Patriots. And I think they sneak into the division out of respect for Bill and how good he has been. And with Cam Newton as the presumed starting quarterback, 
I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick the Patriots in the playoffs until they prove me otherwise. Yeah, I think I I put them in the playoffs as well at nine and seven, uh, the seven seed for me. Um, again, it's a Bill Belichick thing. I think I had them still getting into the playoffs at the seven seed the first time around. We did this, right? I believe um, so. And it and it was out of respect for Bill Belichick and his way to adapt and and take what he has and and build a winner with what he's been with the hand that he's been dealt. Um, but you add a piece like Cam Newton first, when we talked about this edition, just a few pods ago, I said that Cam doesn't change the outcome all that much. He adds maybe one or two victories to them, which would put them at about nine and seven. Right. And they're right about where I think they're going to be right about where I think they're going to be. So, um, nine and seven, four and two in the division, getting in the seven seed. Um, they'll find a way I, I they'll find a way in. Yeah, I, I agree with you here. Let's move to the third uh, team in this division. I'm assuming we both had Miami at the three. Mm. Now, in my previous May early predictions, I had the Dolphins in the playoffs over the Patriots. I was obviously higher on that. That has flipped. I have the Dolphins still with a successful season at seven and nine. And I feel like that would be success for Miami. They were 5-11 and last year. Uh, you had the addition of Tua and a lot of the other moves. They had Byron Jones, great addition, Kyle Van Noy. Uh, I think they're going to be a team that can reach seven, maybe even eight games. I still believe that. But because the Patriots are better, I think some division wins swing one way or the other. Uh, and ultimately, the Patriots get in above them. But 7-9 in a successful season for the Dolphins and then 3-13 and for the Jets. Very bad team. Uh, Mitch, what, what were your thoughts on the final two teams? Yeah, I had the Dolphins at first team out. Okay, yeah, I, so mine, they were the 10 in mine at 7-9. and nine, uh, Yeah, but mine were at the 8, at, at eight the 8 seed at 8-8. Great. At eight and eight. Nice. Yep. Um, one in five in the division, playing pretty bad in the division. But I think that's a product of the Patriots still winning within their division uh-huh. and the Bills just being a really, really good team. So, right. um, and, you know, you could say they maybe split with the Jets. So that's where maybe that set, that fifth loss mm-hmm. comes. Um, and then I had the Jets at four and 12. I, not a whole lot of faith as long as Adam Gase is there. Yes. So very bad team. Probably going to go horribly this year. Uh, Adam Gase needs to go. Yeah. He should, she, he should have been never, he should have never even been there. He <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> he's done nothing. He's done nothing to warrant himself to be a head coach. Yep. So hundred percent. Well, that's the AFC East, which means that we only have one playoff team out of the AFC West, Mitch. It's obviously the Kansas city chiefs. Uh, let's briefly go through this chiefs. I had number one seed in the AFC 14 and two, six and zero in the division. Uh, this could be 12, 13, 14 wins. It depends. They've got some very tough matchups against, uh, including against the Ravens this year. I know they have to play. Uh, so, this could go a number of ways, but ultimately this is going to be a team competing for that number one seed, the buy, the first round buy that only one team in the conference is going to get. I had it as the Chiefs, 14 wins. What did you have? Yeah, I had. Uh, I already gave my one seed up to the Ravens, uh, so the Chiefs get the two seed. Um, but they're at 12 and four, six zero in the division. Um, this it, is still just a. Uh, I mean this is still just a fantastic team um, defense, not as bad as we thought they were. Um, I think a little bit better than what maybe most think they might be. Um, it, 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 just, a, just a great team. And then you add a guy like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who's 
probably going to be a huge part of that offense. Um, a great outlet for Patrick Mahomes to use when nothing downfield is working. Um, Pat Mahomes probably will be playing extremely well with that brand, that shiny new contract he just <laughs> got. So, uh, you know, I like the Chiefs again. I mean, regardless of the contract extension for Pat Mahomes, this is going to be a good team because Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes. So, uh, 12 and 4 for the Chiefs, two seed in the division or two seed in the conference, uh, not even close. The second yeah. best team in the, in the conference. For me. I mean, coming off a damn Super Bowl win, uh, this is going to be a very good team. So let's go to the, the – I think there's an interesting team in this division, Mitch. And it's ironic because last year we placed a water bet on this team that they would go 8-8, eight and eight, and I said they would not. You said they would. And it was a whole thing all year. And sure enough, Mitch, I do this whole thing, and I have the, the Las Vegas Raiders going 8-8 eight and eight this season. So do I. So we're not I getting that bet twice because <laughs> I think they're going to go 8-8. Eight eight. I, I had them. They were the 9 seed. So technically Texans were the 8, Raiders are 9. But just a game back of the wild card, I legitimately think the Raiders could be a potential wild card team. I think they could be a team that sneaks in to a 6 or 7 seed uh, if things break right for them, if they get uh, some better than expected play at certain positions. Uh, the Raiders have a shot. I really do. I think they're much better than the rest of their division as far as the Broncos and the Chargers go. And I think that's going to help them. If they can win those division games, get to four and two in the division, maybe even split with the Chiefs at five, you know, then they have a legitimate opportunity. I, I think the Raiders could be a team, but eight and eight, uh, nine and seven, uh, they've got to get over 500. If you're John Gruden and you're Vegas, you got to get to at least eight and eight. Uh, but I definitely think it's possible. Yeah, I had them uh, ninth in the conference, eight and eight, three and three in the division. Um, like you said, John Gruden. I mean, he's going to be there probably for the duration of his contract, I would imagine. Um, so I think that, uh, he's very methodical in his building. But look, I don't think this is going to be a terrible team. Um, Derek Carr. I've made the argument with our, our fantasy football expert, our resident fantasy football expert, Jordan Fox, this for a while, um, that Derek Carr is a better quarterback than what he's given credit for, um, and he has no weapons to throw to. Uh, now he has a big tight end, Darren Waller, who proved himself last year. Uh, this is a, a team with a fantastic young running back in Josh Jacobs, uh, who's going to be a workhorse for them. Uh, again, the glaring problem is the defense and they need to add better pieces that now they have good young pieces. Max Crosby uh, could have made an argument for him as defensive rookie of the year last year, had Nick Bosa not been there. So um, this is a Raiders team. That's very talented, very young, still has some work to do, but I think we're going to see again, another year of improvement from them. I have them at eight and eight. Yeah, no doubt. And then you, I, you know, I look at, I, I expect a lot of things out of Henry Ruggs. I really do. I'm pretty high on Henry Ruggs. And I know Raiders fans, including our buddy Tanner Presenti, were not very happy when they took Henry Ruggs, especially when you considered uh, C.D. Lamb, Jerry, Judy, both still available. But I, I expect Henry Ruggs to be a big part of this offense. They drafted him to be that. I expect him to be that. And I expect him to play well. And they're going to need him to play well if they're going to get to eight and nine games, uh, eight and nine wins. 
So, I mean, we're both expecting the offense to be pretty good and the defense to be probably a little below average if they're going to, so you know, far, yeah. yeah, reach eight and nine games. Uh, let's look at the rest of the division. Broncos I had at five and 11, Chargers four and 12. I think the Broncos could maybe win six or seven games, uh, but I'm just not, I, I know Broncos fans are really hyped about Drew Locke in the offense, but I, Drew Locke played five games last year and it doesn't matter what those five games looked like. I, that is just not enough. That is just not enough. This is going to be a big prove it year. And I just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to put my money behind five games of Drew Locke for the, for the Broncos to win seven or eight games. So I had them at five and 11 and the Chargers just in a tough spot. They're going to move to Herbert eventually, and that's going to be a tough transition. So I think they're going to lose quite a bit of games. Yeah. I, I got them both at six and 10. And uh, like I said, you can't, you just, I just can't put my eggs all my eggs in my bat in the basket for drew lock. I, I, I just can't buy into that until I see something, a larger sample size outside of five games. So um, I know the addition of Jerry Judy is extremely helpful. They still have Von Miller, that veteran beast on the defensive side, but you know, I just can't put all my eggs in that basket on drew lock and expect him to win seven, eight, you know, eight, nine, 10 games. I, I can't do that. So six and 10 for both of them. Um, you're right. The charters will move on to, to uh, Justin Herbert at some point. Um, but I think it's going to be uh, far too late once they do. So um, that that's how that rounds up. for me. Yeah, no doubt. So we actually, uh, we had all the same playoff teams in the AFC match. We had the chiefs, the Ravens, the Colts, the bills, the Patriots, the Titans, the Browns. Look at that. How about that? That's kind of surprising. So let's move on to the uh, to the NFC, where I know that we're not going to have the same seven playoff teams. Uh, I know I don't that. Think we will. I know I don't that. Think we will. I know that for a fact. So let's start in the NFC North, and this is where <laughs> we're going to begin, Mitch, because I know that you have the Packers <laughs> winning the NFC North, and I have the Packers missing the playoffs. So let's uh, just start there. You have the playoffs. You have the. Let's start with the Packers. You what? What did you have them at? What are your thoughts on the Packers? Look, look, you know, I'm just a man. <laughs> I'm. Just, I make mistakes. I'm not perfect. I had the Packers at twelve and four in the one seed. Um, now look, they were a two seed last year at thirteen and three, so I don't think that's too outrageous. They get Devontae Adams back. They have they have they have weapons around him, right? Uh, the defense proved to be a lot better than what people perceive them to be. Um, but I have the Packers winning this division, one seed, twelve and four, and I feel like as a Bears fan, I feel like a dirtbag even saying it. You know, the Packers are such an interesting team because even last year, yeah, they were the two seed, but. The advanced numbers said that they were more like a nine or 10 win team and they overperformed, right? Sure. Aaron Rodgers didn't look fantastic last year, but he was obviously still pretty good. I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to be bad. I think what hurts the Packers is the fact that you don't feel like they really added a whole lot to make this team any better. They could have added... In a draft that had so much wide receiver talent, and a guy in Aaron Rodgers who, yeah, he has Devontae Adams, and that's it, he needs something else, and they failed to address that. Instead, they spent a draft pick on another running back, 
even though Aaron Rod Aaron Aaron Jones had 18 touchdowns and looked really good last year, I just feel like last year might have been a fluke. It might have just been playing above average. And I think they maybe regressed towards the mean this year. I have the Packers going 9 and 7, so not a losing record. 9 and 7 but missing the playoffs at the 8 seed. I I have a problem with you saying that Aaron Rodgers had a down year. I didn't say he had a down year. I said he didn't look said, fantastic. He didn't look fantastic. Do you want to hear his statistics for last year? Do you want to hear them? Yeah, you can tell me the stats. I'm I'm still going to think what I think, but I'd love to hear them. Because he, he threw for 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, and four interceptions. Over the last two years, he has thrown for 51 touchdowns and only six picks. And over, was that? Yeah, that's over 8,000. That's almost 8,500 yards over the last two years. I cannot stand. And this is coming from a Bears fan. I cannot stand. The narrative that Aaron Rodgers is declining when he's still finding a way to win at 36 years old and throwing 51 touchdowns and six interceptions over the last two years. Can't stand it. It really sticks in my craw. And I, I, have, a ser- I have a serious issue with that. I, I do. It could, because the narrative that he somehow did not perform well or he didn't have an Aaron Rodgers-esque year is just not true. It's just not true because it wasn't far off of his career average. In fact, it was probably on par with his career average when you look at his numbers. So let's drop that narrative. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, first off, I didn't say he was declining. So I'm not a part no, of that No, I'm not narrative. saying you did, but I'm saying that's, so, that's the narrative. I want to make that write. clear for the listeners. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is declining. But this team, it just doesn't, it just, and I get the numbers, Mitch. Numbers can also be deceiving. And I think the way this team looked, I know they won games. They won, what, 12, they won 13 games last year? They were 13 and three. They won a lot of games. But the advanced numbers said they weren't that good. And when you looked at them play, they didn't look that good. And yet they won. And you can credit Aaron Rodgers for that. That's a great thing. But ultimately, the team's not that good. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the Aaron Rodgers that we saw in, for example, 2016 or 2015. I think I think there has I don't think he's being used to his full potential. I'm not saying that 2015. Aaron, I'm not actually, saying that he was better at last year than he I'm was. I'm not in saying 2015. it's Aaron Rodgers' so. fault, by the way, for his maybe not looking as good or not being as good. But I think there's just something off about this team, and I'm just not. I'm just not going to put my money behind them this year. I, I'm going to expect a regression, and I think this is going to be a chance for either Rodgers to demand more out of this team or potentially look to go somewhere else. If they feel like Jordan Love is their guy, if they feel like they want to go in a new direction, I could see that as, you know, a 9-7 and seven year might lead that. A 9-7 and seven to miss the playoffs might lead to a shakeup for Green Bay. And maybe it's what both sides need. I don't really know, but I'm just not going to put my money on them. I am going to pick the Vikings, though, to win the division. 10 and 6. Oh no. And the 4 oh. seed, 10 and 6. The Vikings are a good team. They have consistently been a good team. And I don't expect anything to change for them this year, even with the loss of Stephon Diggs. Uh they still have Adam Thielen. I I think uh 
Justin Jefferson's going to be a very talented rookie. He's not going to make up for all the production missed with Stephon Diggs, but they're still going to be a 10-win team. So let me get this straight. You are picking Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen over Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Mitch, it's not that simple. Let's not simplify this to two players on rosters of 50 guys. It's not just as simple as We do as it all the time, though. No, we, we not. We do it all the time. Well, no, well, we shouldn't because that is that is a gross oversimplification of a football season. And to be fair, I had the Vikings at 10 and 6 and the Packers at 9 and 7. So not that far off from each other. But yes, I think the Vikings are a better team than the Packers. Oh. A better team. Not, I'm not saying outrageous. Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen are a better combo. That's not true. But the team as a whole is better. They're better at the running backs. They're better on the offensive line. They're probably better on at least defensive front seven. I think the Vikings are a better team. So I had them at 10 and 7. What did you have the Vikings at? I had the Vikings at 9 and 7 missing the playoffs. Okay. And 9 and 7 is quite possible. I yep. think we were I think we disrespect the Vikings a little too much. They've been pretty consistent over the last couple of years. And they've won some playoff games, some big playoff no, games. No, they've been good. They've you know? been good. Not, and every yeah. year we look at Kirk Cousins and we go, "Eh, I don't know. Like, are they really that good? And then every year they make the playoffs. So I, I don't know. I, I'm like 10 wins. Like, it's the Vikings. It's what they've done. You know? Zimmer has okay. been incredibly consistent. Gary Kubiak's going to be more involved in the offense with Stefanski gone. I think that maybe is even better for them. That, hey, you're entitled to that. I just think you're wrong. I mean, I think you're wrong. But I don't think there's I, – I think this is – I, like, I, I don't see the Vikings winning this division. I just don't. You see a I clear gap between the Packers and the rest of the division, it seems like. I see a two-game gap because I have the Bears at 10-6 and six getting a six seed. Whoa, wait, okay. Okay, wait, let's pause the let's, – let's, let's hit the brakes right here. You're like, eh, Vikings aren't that good, and you had the Bears winning 10 games? I never said they aren't that good. I never said that. Don't, 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 don't put words But the Bears are going to win 10 games? I think at best they could win 10 games, oh, yes. Oh, my I'm, goodness. And I'm doing best-case scenario here, yes. Oh, my goodness. All right, I don't want to hear you give me shit on any of my takes for the rest of this podcast on any of these teams when you have the freaking Bears at 10 wins, Mitch. Are you kidding me? You have a Look, trash can still for arms a quarterback. top five defense in the NFL. They have a surefire 1,000-yard receiver in Allen Robinson. Surefire? Who the hell's will, throwing him a quarterback? Who's throwing Nick him a ball? Foles, new, Nick Foles will win that competition. Mitchell Trubisky will be sitting, and they're going to have a breakout year from David Montgomery in the running back position. Uh, Anthony Miller is going to be a contributor. This is this is a team that can win it. 10 games. Are you you're the serious state. with this? You're serious with this? This isn't like you're not you're not pulling my leg. Here. Outside the division, the schedule isn't that bad. I have them 3 and 3 in the division. Outside this outside the division, the schedule isn't that bad for him. What do you want me to do? Oh my goodness. All right. What do you want me to do? Put them under 500? Do you do you have them under 500? Uh, yes. I have them at 5-11. and 11. Oh, you're outrageous. You are just absurd. I'm outrageous because they went 5-11 and 11 last year, and you picked them to win 10 games. And what did they do the Nick year before? Foles? They went 12-4. and four. Of Nick So you don't Foles? think that it's just a product of a change of a defensive coordinator? 
That's you don't think that's a change of you don't think that's a you don't think that's stop that you don't think that's a product of Mitchell Trubisky not being the answer at quarterback and suddenly Nick Foles is gonna okay all right I'm just not buying it Mitch Big I'm, Dick Nick you like to say the name Big Dick Nick Big Dick Nick Big Dick Nick you love to say the name you love to say the name do, why are you all of a sudden down on Nick Foles you're all of a sudden down on Nick Foles I'm not down on Nick Foles but Nick Foles is not going to lead the Bears to 10 wins I do not believe that I do not believe that's he reality. won a Super Bowl he won a Super Bowl yeah he played like five games Mitch oh to he win played the Super Bowl. five games he did not lead the the Philadelphia Eagles do not win the Super Bowl that year if Nick Foles is their starting quarterback. I mean, the if my season. memory serves me right, you were all about Nick Foles when he went to Jacksonville. I had high hopes, and he wasn't good. Uh, I know now he was all of a sudden he's not. Now all of a sudden you don't. Good. Okay, oh, okay, okay. He now wasn't good. You don't. What am I supposed to just believe? Like, what am I supposed to forget about that? I'm not you take to Nick take Foles out of the equation. Take Nick Foles out of the equation. Do you think the Bears are a better team this year, or Jacksonville's a better team last year? Well, with the, Nick Foles out of the Chicago's equation. Chicago's a better team, but that doesn't... Thank you! Thank you! Thank you! So your hope wins. should, by proxy, what? be higher on the Bills. Or on the Bears. I am! But not 10 wins! Jeez, bro! 5 and 11, wins. though! 5 and 11?! Five and eleven. They could get Dallin. to seven and nine. They could get to seven and nine. They could even get to eight and eight. Ten wins is absurd. That's I don't care. Way off fucking five and eleven. Sorry, excuse my language. That's way off five and eleven. You're way off, bro. Ten wins? Oh my goodness. You're absurd. I can't, bro. Ten wins. I, nobody ever call me a homer on this show ever again. I don't care what you say. Do never call me a homer ever again. Oh, this is the biggest homer. Oh, wait I know. till you talk about He's the, the Panthers. Homer, I know. The Lions suck, Mitch. Three wins. I had the Lions. What did you have? Adam, four wins. Okay, move yeah. on. Lions are Lions are bad. They they're gonna move on from Matt Patricia and probably Matt Stafford. They do themselves well to end up with a top two pick to be able to draft Fields or Lawrence or maybe even Trey Lance. Uh, and kind of just redo this thing with a new quarterback and a new uh, a new uh, head coach. The Lions need to do something different because what has the last twenty years have not been good or or plus. They need they need to do something different. Yeah, Matt Patricia's not the answer. I can't believe your disrespect. My disrespect. Uh, okay, disrespect. Okay. You had the you had the Bears at ten wins, Mitch. Uh, call me in January when they win like six games. NFC Just, South. I'll call you in January when they're in the playoffs. The Panthers aren't. That's when I'll call you. Uh, listen, I guess what, Mitch? I didn't pick the Panthers to go to the playoffs because I'm not an Good, idiot. Because they should be. I'm not a be. homer. Oh, you're not a homer. Didn't we just talk on the phone the other day and you're like, all right, I got to take about the Panthers where, you know, they could realist realistically make the playoffs. No, I said they could go eight and eight. I never said they could make the playoffs. You said they could I sneak did not. in a wild card. Yes, I did you not. did. I did yes, not. Yes, you did. Nope, that yes, is a lie. That is a lie. That is not you're a lie. You're a liar. Real news, not fake you're news. You're a liar. Real news here. I said they could go eight and eight. You just called me a liar. I did. Are you kidding me? I did. It's you think correct. I'm lying to the people true. here? Yes, I do. You're, You're embellishing your information. You're out of your gourd. Oh, my gosh. Okay, the Panthers I had at 6-10 and 10 because I'm not a homer, and I'm realistic. So did I. And I think they could maybe win eight games because I think the offense, I told you I think they could have a top-10 offense. That's my hot take about the Panthers. And if they had a top-10 offense and a bad defense, they could still maybe get, like, eight wins. But I had them at six because I'm realistic. And I had the Saints winning the division at 13-3. and three. We're in agreement. 
Saints win the division. Really good. Almost probably the best roster in the NFL. I don't think you're re- I think you're pessimistic. I think you're pessimistic. About the Saints? Wait, wait what did you have them at? 13 Sorry, and 3. That. Oh, I didn't have them at 13 and 3. No. What did you have them at? 10-6. Well, then you're calling me pessimistic? I, I No, I misspoke. I misspoke! You're okay? pessimistic. I think that's a tough division. So you have it, the Bucks they, winning the division? No, the Bucks didn't win the division. Saints won the division. So what did the Bucks end up at? 10 and 6. Oh. Interesting. See, I don't know. The Saints the, the Saints thing that I always keep going back to is that they probably have the best roster in all the NFL. Like I know the Chiefs and the Ravens are really really good teams, but the Saints have a ah. very good argument for the most balanced team in the NFL at every position. They're, they have depth and talent at every position and at every that level. That linebacker core is not very solid in New Orleans. I'm that that, uh, that 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 linebacker core is very underrated in New Orleans. I'm telling you, that is probably uh, their weakest spot, and that is not bad if that's your it, weakest spot. So well, the, sure, the Chiefs but the Chiefs have it, much clearer holes on their defense than the Saints do. Yes, I, w- so, I would agree with that. Again, yeah, I would agree with best that. Best roster yeah. in the NFL it doesn't make them the best team. I'm saying the best roster. Because ultimately, Mahomes and, you know, his dominance can can overcome that. But the Saints have arguably the best roster in the NFL. 13 wins. They're going to be in that conversation again. And Breeze is going to – he's not – he doesn't have that much time left, I don't think. So, he's trying to do this thing now. And I think a motivated Drew Breeze in what could be his last year is going to do very well for the Saints. I did have the Bucks making the playoffs at well. 11-5 for Tampa. Six seed for Tampa at 11-5. and five. Uh, Those are the two playoff teams. And then – Panthers six and ten, Falcons four and twelve. I kind of see an implosion for the Falcons. Fire Dan Quinn, uh, finally, and uh, really kind of break everything down this year. Uh, but there is also a scenario where the Falcons win eight or nine games and maybe compete for a playoff spot. Like if things go right for them, I'm not really sure, but I'm gonna take the under on the Falcons and expect uh, a, a, a more a, a worse season, I guess. Yeah, I'm I'm not optimistic at all on the Falcons I had him five and 11 um I don't think there's really a scenario where they win eight or nine games and compete for a playoff spot especially with the tough top end of the NFC um yeah I got the Saints at the three seed 10 and six uh Bucks the five seed also 10 and six and I got the Panthers at six and ten um like it, it, it Drew Brees is arm is it's obviously not what it was um and he it it's just he's got a lot of mileage on his arm man and and it's starting to show i think that's gonna come to bite him in the butt um but not enough to knock him out of a playoff spot because like you said he's determined he's motivated uh he has the best in my mind the best wide receiver in football and michael thomas on his side so um, and then with a guy like Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield, uh, the Saints team is still going to be a very good team, 10-6, and six, three seed. Yeah, well, the thing with the Saints, too, is they can win 12 or 13 games without MVP-level Drew Brees. And, and as much as I love the Ravens and even, get, and even the Chiefs, I don't think either of those teams can win 12 or 13 games without MVP-level Lamar and Mahomes. But I think the Saints are such a good team that as long as he is great and not maybe MVP level, but great, they're going to win 12 or 13 games. I guess so, because Michael Thomas can 
also be a yak guy. He could be a, he could be a high volume guy. He's and Alvin Kamara is, is no is no scrum is no scrub. You know he's oh, a very talented no. running back. No, and yeah, God if no. they needed yeah. to rely on a run game more, they have the capability to do that as well. So, um, so we're in the we're at the same order with the with the NFC South. Two playoff teams out of out of there: New Orleans and Tampa. Let's move to the East. This one's going to be interesting, Mitch, because I, uh, I I'm going to go. Th- I'm going to give you mine. You give yours. Let's talk about it. But I had the Cowboys winning the division at 11 and five, three seed in the NFC, 11 and five. I had the Eagles 10 and six, seven seed making the playoffs. Uh, and then I have the Giants at five and 11 and the Washington football team at three and 13. Mitch, uh, what did you have for the NFC East? So <laughs> when I was doing this, this draft of uh, the the playoff predictors. I had the Cowboys actually starting out at five and zero. Oh. Um, I think last time we talked about this, I was very high on the Cowboys. Um, I've been high on the Cowboys, but when you start picking games, you realize that like, man, they're still the Dallas Cowboys, and an implosion is due. What, in the words of Stephen A., what can go on, what can go wrong, will go wrong for the Dallas Cowboys. I had the Philadelphia Eagles winning this division, four seed, nine and seven. I had the Dallas Cowboys finishing second in the division, seven seed at nine and seven. Hmm. Um, I think this is going to be a very competitive, very, I think it's going to be competitive within the division. I actually had the Giants who finished third going three and three in the division because I think they're going to spoil, um, either the Eagles or the Cowboys. I mean, you could flip the Eagles and the Cowboys and I'd be, I'd be happy with that. I think so as well. I would, I would agree with that. And I had a one game difference between those. Now I think both teams are going to be better because you had them at nine wins. I had 10 and 11 respectively, but yeah, I think if it was reversed, uh, yeah, I think Cowboys and Eagles are going to compete for this division title, uh, like they did last year, but I think they'll be better because I know the Eagles barely won it at like nine and seven. I, I expect a little bit more, but you, I guess, expect much of the same as what we saw last year. I do, and I, I think that's just a product of, I mean, the NFC East is just, it's been like that for a while now. I mean, I, I, I guess except for the Eagles Super Bowl year, where, where, where were they, 12 and 4? Well, and the Cowboys think, went 13 and 3 not too long ago either. Right, and so, but we see this often in this division. It seems to play really competitive. I think the Giants are going to spoil one of those teams' runs to actually run away with the division. You know, they might have a game lead. They need, they're need they playing the Giants. They might need that one win to go up two games. Um, and the Giants play the spoiler here. Um, but really, you could flip the Eagles the Cowboys in that 4-7 or seven seed, and I'm going to be happy with it. I, I think that's going to be just fine. So. Yeah, no doubt. But both playoff teams, I think, were on the same page there. Giants... Uh, still a couple years away. That defense is awful, but I think the offense could be pretty good. Uh, big prove it year for both Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins for Washington. Uh, you know, they got to prove this second season. You know, you didn't get full reps last year. This is your first full season as a starter. It's time to prove and show that you're the guy, you know, and that you have what it takes. And uh, even though they may not be great teams, I think both quarterbacks have that opportunity and, you know, I expect Daniel Jones to to play well. I I really do. I expect this offense to to hum pretty well. Their defense is awful, 
so they won't win games, but I expect them to be competitive. Uh, Washington, not as much. This is a bad team. That's going to have the opposite. They're going to have a pretty good defense, and they're going to struggle on offense. Yeah, and, and welcome back, Alex Smith, by the way. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I would love to see him. I would love to see him at some point during this season. Might be wishful thinking, but uh, I, I would love to see Alex Smith back at some point. Yeah, no doubt. All right, uh, let's go to what I believe is the best division in football, the NFC West. In fact, I had all four teams at 500 or better. And so no, no other – oh, you did, and no other division had that. Um, this is going to be a dogfight all year, Mitch. Uh, but this is how I have the NFC West going. I have the Niners at 12-4 and four, winning the division, two seed in the NFC. I have the Seahawks at 11-5. and five, five seed in the NFC. I have the Cardinals at nine and seven missing out on the playoffs, nine seed technically, but a game back, uh, you know, a potential playoff spot. And then the Rams closing it out at eight and eight in a, in a very good year themselves. I think that order is correct. I think the records could change around a bit, but I think that Niners, Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams is the order that we'll see the NFC West this year. And I, I think the Cardinals could even be a potential playoff team, uh, depending on how good they are in Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray's second year uh, in Arizona. Mitch, what were your thoughts on the on the I division? Mean, I think your order is correct because I had the exact same order. So it has right. to be correct. Of course. So, of course, by, by proxy. Out of the uh, mouth of two or three witnesses, right? That's what the, that's ex- what the Bible says. That exactly. That's exactly what it says. Um, yeah, no, I had the Niners winning this division, second seed, uh, eleven and five. Um, I had the Seahawks actually just missing out on the playoffs at nine and seven. Really, um, ninth seed. Uh, now we've said this before, though. We could put the Seahawks out of the out of the playoffs, and somehow, some way, that team finds a way into the playoffs by the skin of their teeth and then wins a playoff game and they're in the divisional round. So um, don't sleep on them. But <laughs> as far as my predictions go, I got them missing the playoffs. Uh, I have the Cardinals eight and eight, uh, 10 seed finished in third in the division. And I have the Rams also eight and eight uh, rounding out the division. Okay. So I want to talk about the Seahawks here. Cause this is my thing. We do this every year and then they make it. So you know what I did this year, Mitch? You put them in. I put them in. I was like, what am I doing? We do this every year. We've done this every year. We did the preview. Now they'll be out. Maybe they'll be like out, but I'm like, I don't look like a genius. No, Mitch, I'm going to be honest with you. The, if, if I'm picking, <laughs> I'm kidding, if I'm, I'm picking a team to stake my, you know, a, a team, I think is going to be a lot better than people think in the, in the AFC is the Colts and the NFC. It's the Seahawks. I'm, I'm buying into the Seahawks this year. Hmm. I don't know what it is. I, Russell Wilson is time has come. He hasn't got his due. He hasn't won that MVP. He hasn't gotten the respect that he deserves. He's got, uh, you know, the offensive pieces that he hasn't had in the emergence of DK Metcalf last year. If if running backs and offensive line can stay healthy and the defense continues to play well with young players that have emerged that they have had over the last couple years and the addition of Jamal Adams, by the way, at safety, I think Seattle could be a very dangerous team. I'll get to how dangerous they can be when we talk about the playoffs, but I, I I'm I'm, just, I'm putting my money in the AFC behind the Colts as a surprise team, uh, better a team better than what people expect, and I'm putting my money behind the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC. 
You know, I feel the same way about the Arizona Cardinals. I think that this team with Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, um, second year together, they add DeAndre Hopkins. Kenyon Drake was balling out by the end of the year. Uh, seemed to fit well into that system uh, once he got acclimated. Um, I feel the same way about the Arizona Cardinals that you feel about the Seahawks, where this team could just find a way to get in. Um, I mean, as you didn't far pick as them playoff, that way. As, but. No, I didn't. I Well, no, I didn't. But you could still feel that way about sure, a team, right? Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I just th- I'm not saying that they're going to make a deep playoff run. I think I did that with the Bills last year where I was like, you know, this team's not that bad. And look at the Bills. They they got to a divisional round. So um, I think that the Cardinals could make a push for that for that play for that wild card spot. And that we are looking at the Cardinals as a, maybe a tough wild card out in the first round of the playoffs. So no doubt. I think the Cardinals could definitely be a sneaky uh, wild card playoff team as well. But uh, so we have. We had the same teams in the AFC, but differing teams in the NFC, Mitch. Let's just um, maybe for the people go over who we had. I had uh, Minnesota, uh, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Dallas, Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Seattle. I had uh, Green Bay, Chicago, uh, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, uh, Philly, Dallas, and San Francisco. All right. So, um, as far as the playoffs go, I really just want to hit on who we conference championships and then obviously the Super Bowl. Uh, so as far as the AFC championship game goes, who do you expect to see there and who's making it on to the Super Bowl? I mean, there's two clear choices, I think, probably for both. For, for me, based off what, I, what I've been talking about over the last, you know, hour, we've been talking about this. In the AFC, it's the Ravens and the Chiefs. And um, I, I, don't, I don't think there's any close competition. I guess you can maybe throw teams uh, like the Bills or the Colts in that conversation as spoilers getting into that conference game. But to me, the Ravens and the Chiefs, by and, a, by and far, uh, the best teams in the AFC, they're getting into that, that conference championship game. All right. And then who's, who's going on to the Super Bowl then? I got there. the Ravens. Ravens. I got the Ravens. Ravens over Chiefs in the AFC Championship game to get the Super Bowl. I have Ravens, Chiefs as well in the AFC. I think the Colts have a shot at it, no doubt. Uh, but I'm going to go Ravens, Chiefs. But I'm taking Chiefs to repeat and go to a Super mm. Bowl uh, two years in a row out of the AFC. So let's roll over to the NFC, Mitch. Interesting yeah. uh, different thoughts here. So let's start with you. NFC Championship game matchup and who goes to the Super Bowl? I actually have Packers Niners in the NFC championship again. Wow. Um, I wanted to put the saints in there. I just think that Aaron Rodgers just, he finds a way. I think he finds a way, but I do have the Niners going back to the super bowl for a second year in a row. Wow. Okay. So it is Ravens Niners for you in the super bowl. Correct. Repeat of 2011. Yep. Uh, The Harbaugh bowl. That was a good one. That was a good one. That was a good one. Mitch, I have the Saints in the NFC Championship game hosting the five-seed Seattle Seahawks. Uh Uh-oh. And I have the Seahawks going to the Super Bowl. Oh, no. I told you. Oh, no. I told you I'm sticking with it. Russell Wilson's going to finally get his due. He's going to win MVP, 
and he's going to lead his team on a miraculous Super Bowl win, including beating the Vikings on the road, the Niners on the road, and the Saints on the road to get to the Super Bowl to face off against Kansas City. So Kansas City, Seattle for me, Baltimore, San Francisco for you, and Mitch, who walks away with the Lombardi Trophy? I think in a very hard-fought game, a defensive battle, I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens to take home the Lombardi Trophy back to Baltimore. First time since the 2012, 2011, 2012, when yep. they beat the Niners. So uh, no Joe Flacco team this time. It's going to be a Lamar Jackson-led team. The reigning MVP gets the Ravens to the Super Bowl and gets it done, finally proves that he is a winner when it matters. Wow, and what a what a a tough two years for the Niners would be back-to-back Super Bowl losses, something we haven't seen in in a while. Uh, I'm going to call it now. I think the Niners will be the Bills of our generation. Oh, no. Poor Niners. I hate it. I hate to say Ugh. it because I like the team, but I hate to say it. That, that hurts team... because I kind of feel you, Mitch. I, I, like I know, right? But I kind of feels of that way, right? Where you're coming from? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. that's a great. That's that's uh, that'd be a great Super Bowl matchup. I have obviously Kansas City versus Seattle. Kansas City's going to repeat back to back championships. For very hard to do. Uh, very hard to do. But I think Patrick Mahomes could do it. I did pick the Chiefs over the Saints uh, in our May predictions. You picked Ravens over Saints in our uh, in our may predictions so we both had the same team out of the afc we had different nfc teams uh we didn't include the saints this time but uh ultimately chiefs for me ravens for you uh and no matter what this is going to be a very fun year for football and we are september 10th is the very first game of the season uh texans texans and chiefs so we are yes very very close uh to the start of the nfl season and i couldn't be more excited I'm so I'm so pumped. I'm so ready. I'm ready to go. And I, oh. I and I'm not gonna lie. I know people are still like, are they gonna play COVID? I have no doubt the NFL is gonna play no matter what. That is just how I feel. And maybe they won't, but I I just feel like they're gonna play no matter what happens, uh, unless something crazy happens and half the league gets COVID. Football is gonna be played because there's too much money on the line. Uh, and you know what? So be it. If they're going to play, I'm going to be watching, and I'm not going to complain. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I won't. I love football. Let's get football back. Come on. Yeah. I'm so excited. No doubt. No doubt. Mitch, this has been fun. Uh, longer pod here. We appreciate you guys sticking around. But, uh, you know, it's the yearly NFL preview. We got to be here uh, to give all that to you. And uh, in the next couple of weeks, we'll also reveal uh, awards predictions as far as MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, etc. cetera. Uh, we'll be giving you all that uh, here in the coming weeks as we build up for uh, the start of the NFL season. I, I We're going to be here the whole way, baby. The whole I, damn time. All the way until the Bears go ten and six, and maybe upset oh their way to the God. Super Bowl. You didn't have to but remind you, me of that. But you if, did not but, have to remind me of that. Now you're gonna. But now we're gonna leave this podcast on a sour note because I'm gonna be thinking about how you picked the Bears to win ten games, Mitch. Come on, do the. But if you want to, if you want to continue to listen to Dallin be a whiny baby here on the podcast, you can go <laughs> okay. to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Look up the Sports Hour. With Mitch Bo and Dallin, you can find us anywhere, anywhere that you listen to your podcast. You can go follow us on Instagram at the Sports Hour Guys or on Twitter at Sports Hour Guys. You can 
Go leave a message for us on Anchor. Guys, go leave a voice message for us. Be a part of the conversation. We want to hear from you. Yeah, tell us how bad Mitch's Bears take is. I'd greatly appreciate some backing on this. You don't have to be sour. I am. I'm very sour. It's okay, guys. We'll catch you next week. (laughs) Oh, see ya.